This is the Narrative Shift Podcast, where we talk about faith, justice, race, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Terrence Lester. And I'm Johnny Taylor. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Terrence Lester. I'm really excited today uh, because I have my sister, Erin Eddy, here with me in the studio, and we are about to record our very first podcast. You excited, Aaron? Come on. I'm so excited, Terrence. What are you excited for, though? (laughs) I'm excited to get real and honest about some things that we've discussed. Yeah. Off microphone. Off microphone. Yeah. But now we're on microphone. And we're going to just share it all. We're going to, we're going (laughs) to, let's just, let's just say this podcast is about spilling it all out. Oh, I like that. Spilling the green tea, one might say. Yeah. (laughs) Spilling the green tea. So uh, today, um, I just want to briefly introduce myself. If you don't know, my name is uh, Terrence Lester, and I started an organization called Love Beyond Walls. And uh, not too long ago, it was towards the ending of 2019, right, Erin? Yeah, that's right. We got a chance to be a part of a conference. Do you remember? Yeah, that was in November, right? It was a, we were on a panel together. Yeah, we were on a panel and man, we just, we started talking about real stuff that each of us have experienced and Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of hit it off. Uh, Yeah. You became my sister that night. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because we had crossed paths a few times, I think, in like the plywood people community. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, But yeah, that conference, it was, I think... Because there was one other person on the panel, and we all just were carrying heavy Will Acuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 well. yeah, yeah, Will. We were all carrying some sort of heaviness, and I think that's how all of us connected. Yeah, we, we were prayed like, for oh. each other, too. We did. I, I cried yeah, that yeah. night. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I think we all cried. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, manly to admit you cry, but it is. I do. I think it's I, I cry <laughs> from time to time. You know, I'll shed a, shed a tear, too. But, um, so, yeah, Aaron, let's... Introduce yourself, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll start conversing. Yeah, yeah. For, so for those that don't know who I am, or the stranger right here beside Terrence, um, I own a company called So Worth Loving. I've owned it for eight and a half years. It kind of put me in a place where I was learning a lot about people's struggles along with my own. I'm struggling with depression, anxiety. I've seen stories of suicide prevention to. Um, eating disorders, self-harm, things that we tend to take upon um, to deal with our struggles of self-worth. Wow. And uh, and so we use apparel as one way to bridge the gap of not talking about our struggles yeah. and talking about it. It's that one thing that you can give somebody if you don't know what to do to start a conversation of seeing somebody wrestling and struggling with stuff. Wow. And you, how long ago did you start this company? Eight and a half years ago. Eight and a half years ago. Yeah. And what was that tipping point for you, though? Yeah. You know, well, when I started it, I, I, I say I accidentally started it because I was an art director at a nonprofit and I was a musician by night, just recorded music and stuff. And so I was kind of exploring passion projects and I decided to spray paint t-shirts for free. I put it on my blog. Hey, I want to spray paint on my music blog. Yeah. I want to spray paint um, that you're worth loving and I want to mail it back to you for free. Just send me your personal t-shirt. Well, what were the original words so worth loving? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up yeah. with that? That's I, It's divine. I mean, it was like, 
it was like a whisper. I mean, I had played with other ideas like Shine Bright and Beautiful and just like sweet little. Shine Bright didn't yeah, make it. Shine Bright did not make it. <laughs> shine Bright like a diamond, though. Shine Bright like a diamond. <laughs> like, <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Rihanna got that song idea yeah. from me. But um, yeah. yeah. So I started just like playing with different verbiage and the words so worth loving came to my mind. I thought, oh, surely that's somewhere like it maybe I subconsciously just saw that somewhere mm. and I couldn't find it anywhere wow. and that was when you know you're on to something I think when you are like surely that already exists yeah yeah it, it was kind of like the same thing for me um with Lovey and Walls I was having a conversation uh with a guy and his uh his wife uh who I consider mentors and I, I would remember I remember when I was trying to start this this initial project that just like fell apart and uh towards the conversation uh i thought he would be upset because they had invested a lot of money in trying to help me get this uh first project off the ground and um he wasn't Hmm. he asked me a question he said uh you know how's god shown up in your your life and ministry like when you do certain things what do you see god moving the most and um I was like, man, you know, we're always able to like rally a lot of people around service projects and like mobilize people to do creative things and stuff like that. And this is way before like social media or anything. Mm -hmm. I remember we used to have to manage volunteers through text messages. That's crazy. I'm showing my age, but like, how long ago was that? This was before we actually formally became an organization, but uh, man. 13, 14 years wow. ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Times were, were so different, even through social media. Yeah. Then. It was like, uh, what? It was Facebook, but it was only for colleges, for college, college yep. students. Yeah. But um, I remember going home and I had w- written down the name Love Beyond Walls. I don't know why it written down, uh, but it was like two years prior. And uh, I go home and he texts me later on and said, you should think about starting an, uh, a nonprofit. Do you have a name for it? And there it was. The name was just it. like sitting there. That's Love insane. your walls. I was like, yeah, I got a name. <laughs> I got a name. I got a Let's name. do I, this. I got a name. <laughs> yeah. And uh, ever since we launched, I mean, we've been at it a little over six years now. But wow. Yeah. But uh, today I also got my friend Johnny uh, with us. He's, what is up? Yeah, he's going to ask us a, a, a few questions as we talk about some of these subjects. And mm-hmm. um, I think, Aaron, we've had a lot of different discussions about some real topics that I think uh, many entrepreneurs probably have these conversations with themselves or in isolation uh, with a few people. But um, I think these are very important topics because uh, the journey of entrepreneurship, would you say, is, is very isolating and sometimes lonely? Very lonely. I mean, I remember when I first started selling actual t-shirts instead of spray painting them because I learned that's not sustainable. You upgraded. <laughs> I upgraded. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should screen print some. And I remember like the initial launch, I was I felt very supported like the first week. And then mm. like the hype dies down. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, okay, wait, now how do I actually sustain momentum? Right. And then from there on, you are lonely. Wow. You know? Yeah, it's that... <laughs> It, you know, it's it's like everybody shows up at the, the starting line and everybody shows up at the finish line. Yes. But in the middle, <laughs> you feel alone, right? <laughs> yes. Um, 
And I, I think it's important for us to talk about that, uh, but also to talk about who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Uh, this has been a common uh, conversation that we've been having lately about surrounding yourself with the right people. Let me ask you, though, why, why do you think it's so important uh, being an entrepreneur and having the right people around you? I think having the right people around you will help guide you in your journey uh, and also interrupt it if you're headed down a wrong path. Mm. Um, so being surrounded, I think it's important to define who you are surrounding yourself with because you can go one or two ways. You can go closer to the mission or you can go further away into destruction um, and further away from the mission. And for me, I feel like I've, I've done both. I've been on both sides. I've really? surrounded myself with people that I thought were trustworthy, but maybe they were just, they just had a lot of clout, but weren't healthy. Wow. And then I surrounded myself with healthy people with not a lot of clout. And I, my direction changed and I got closer to my mission and closer to my goals. So talk to me a little bit about uh, the difference between the two. I think sometimes we can mistake someone's success by metric whether it's financial, followers, yeah, um, many stages that they've been on with healthy. Mm. And so I, what you're saying is that although people may have the platform or the appearance of success, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily equate to being health on the inside. Healthy exactly. on the inside. Have yeah. you have you experienced that? Yeah, I mean, man, I I remember. Um, I won't call his name out, but like. This guy I had uh, had a lot of admiration for, um, followed all this, like, you know, podcasts or, like, he'll, he'll do these live interviews with people. He's been on national television. I got a chance to interview with this guy, and behind the scenes, he was just, like, a jerk. Mm. Um, and it was almost like a turnoff because... He was, he's very eloquent. He can go up and speak in front of, like, thousands of people. And then, like, behind the scenes, he was treating his staff, like, dirty. And almost to the point where I, I saw him, like, cause one of his staff persons to cry and all this stuff. It was oh. just like, ah. it, it makes you sick to your stomach, though. Yeah. And I, I, I personally never want to be that type of leader. Yeah. Um, I want to be, like, as authentic and uh, vulnerable as I can to be the same way all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I think when you are growing and evolving as a entrepreneur and a leader, you don't know if you're new to it. Sometimes I think you don't know what, you don't know what you don't know till you learn. <laughs> you didn't know it. And I didn't know what was healthy leadership and not. Oh, right wow. Away. I mean, how I did you, how did you discern that? I mean, I knew like what was like nice and mean, but I didn't know, like, I guess as pressure grows in your position, um, you see people that handle it well and you see people that don't handle it well yeah. over time. But I think sometimes you can normalize unhealthy behavior because of someone's growth. Wow. Say that again. I think you can normalize someone's unhealthy behavior because of their outward growth. Would you? I, I think I agree with that. And I think that is tied to power. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the, as you know, the more you progress, the more stages you come across, the more resources you have, that that elevates your power. Yeah. And sometimes uh people abuse that power, right? Yeah. And um it just becomes really unhealthy. Um how have you how have you experienced your own personal growth 
and how have you, uh, you know, what have you done personally to kind of maintain your humility? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think there's the more the more you grow, you should, uh, you know, maintain a you know a sense of humility, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Oh. Well, failure. <laughs> That's what's failure. kept me humble. Yeah, failure. That's... I, think, I think that we think fail, failure is like a stamp of like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like it's a bad thing. Um, I've allowed failure to just continue to keep me humble because at the end of the day, it's not about me. And I, it's about mm. my mission and it's about, um, it, not my mission, it's about our mission. So we're loving's mission. Um, yeah. And so... Failure, it's like that's just a challenge, and and I move forward, um, and I just try to figure out. Someone said to me, they were like, uh, what did they say? They said, when you feel like your company is failing or you feel like you're just keep trying and just keep hitting a wall, it doesn't mean that you give up. It just means that you pivot. You pivot? You pivot. I think I told you that. Did you tell me that? Yeah, you. the word pivot. Uh, maybe you, this was like five years ago, but... Oh no! Well, but you reminded me. Well, that, okay. No, well, that wasn't me five years ago. <laughs> but um, pivot. Let's talk pivot. about that word. Let's talk about pivot. It's good. Golly, I had to pivot because I was trying so hard to do certain things that just were not working out. What? Do you, so. So I pivot. But how do you get the courage to pivot? Because you I, have friends I, like you that tell you to pivot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, which is also uh, important to, you know, surrounding yourself with people who can, you know, encourage yeah. you to let go of things. Right. Because I know for me, like, on this journey, it, it can be very frustrating in that when you're an entrepreneur, um, not too pity, many people around you understand the level of pressure mm. that you're under. Yeah. Like, and it's no shade to people who work, like, regular nine to five jobs. Um, but there are certain things that you go through as an entrepreneur that you just do not go through uh, yeah. when you're working a nine to five. Like when you go, you clock in, you clock out. When you leave, you don't have to think about the place yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, but if you're the entrepreneur that started the place, you're thinking about that thing, even if you're trying to shut off your mind so true. Um, about like what's coming up next? What strategy can I yeah. maneuver? How do I pivot after a failure? Yeah. You know, how do I reposition myself and keep people on board and yeah. you know continue to build a team? Like you're constantly thinking about this, and it's like nonstop. That's so true. I mean, I remember, and this is what the moment that first conversation that I had about pivoting was. Um, this was five years ago. I think it was five, four or five years ago. And I was moving from what we used to do in-house fulfillment. So we did like everything in-house. Like, wow. Um, got our shirts from manufacturer, turned them inside out, dropped them off at screen printers, brought them back, counted them, single folded them, put them on shelves, shipped them, exchanged them. We did everything in-house for six years or for, for five years. That sounds tiring. It was exhausting. And How many people on your team at that time? At that time, I had about seven people. Seven wow. people on my team. And we had two people handling the fulfillment and customer service side of it. And it was during my, I was in the, personally, I was going through a divorce and separation and mm. all of that. And so I um, 
I thought, okay, I need to remove some weight because I'm exhausted. So I put everything into a third-party fulfillment center that promised me all of these wonderful things that you think are going to happen. They sound like too good to be true. Sign a contract with them. Anyways, it it just ended up – I pivoted – I pivoted the wrong way where I signed a contract with somebody that just drove my business into the ground. And then I had to pivot again to figure out, okay, what's another, who's, who else can I um, have take over the fulfillment and customer service and while I was taking care of personal things. Wow. So I stepped away from the company for about a year and a half, almost two years during that time period after doing everything ourselves. So I like pivoted, wrong pivot move, <laughs> pivoted again. <laughs> Kind of better. <laughs> now right. I pivoted back and we're healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. When you're going through hardship, um, who are the, what types of people do you need around you mm. when you're pivoting? Because I know for me, I need the person uh, to remind me of the why. Mm-hmm. You know, why did you start? Yeah. You know, take you back to the beginning, that person that's going to remind you uh, how far you've come, the person that is going to uh, affirm your mission or your calling, right? Um, this person that is going to, like, help you to understand that God still has worth and value, um, you know, even apart from what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, it's very important for me to have that that person around because sometimes hardships or pivots yeah. will make you lose or, or make you forget re- re- really why you started. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I like that you said why. And I think for me it was who am I despite my circumstance because mm. I think sometimes we define ourselves based on the circumstance that we're in. Wow. And. Uh, I, I felt like I was my divorce and I was like all of these, this shame and guilt and fear and not like who I'm actually hardwired as. I needed somebody to believe in me during pivoting because I didn't believe in myself. My self-esteem was so low Mm. that I needed somebody to remind me of who I am, um, and whose I am. Um, but, uh, I love that you said why, because it's, it comes hand in hand. Why and who? Because... Our why keeps us from not being self-absorbed. Yeah. And our who reminds us of who we are, and we need both of those. Yeah. Also, uh, would you say, since we're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, who, um, <laughs> would you say uh, the how as well? Mm. Um, yeah. The people who will come beside you or alongside you and to help you to think through what's the best next next step yeah um you know those people are important as well because sometimes like i don't know for you but for me like if i'm up under duress or hardship it's very hard to see clearly right and sometimes you need that person to come alongside you to say hey have you thought about this have you thought about that yeah and they literally help you to walk out the how yeah and by walking out the how it kind of dissipates the fear Mm. i would think because i mean I mean, even our conversations that we've had in regards to like, how am I going to do this? Like, yeah. I'm just exhausted. Like, yeah. how is this going to, how am I going to achieve this? By offering the how has dissipated some of the fear that kind of stacks behind it. Yeah. In some ways. 
Yeah, you know? and it, it also reminds you of your your strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there is an opposite of that um, that I think people in business are uh, continuing to surround themselves with, like, the unhealthy mm. uh, friendships, right? Yeah. Um, we talked about some of the positives. What What are some of the unhealthy people to surround yourself with? Oof. Competition, jealousy. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Are those the same things? <laughs> <laughs> competition. Johnny, she said competition. Com- competition, yep. Competition. Yeah. Jealousy. Com- com- yep. What, what do you think, though, John? Yeah. Um, Man, I heard this quote, and it said, uh, um, people become the conversations they hear around them. Mm. So even it can be like, uh, it's not even necessarily like out in the open, um, mm. like... I guess animosity towards you. It can oftentimes just be like how they're how they're speaking around you. Wow. It's kind of in a negative negative way, and it it pulls you down. Yeah. And overall, it's kind of like a like a way of sabotaging you. <gasps> yeah. Almost. That's good. That is so Johnny with the good. bomb. He just dropped the bomb. Why right? are you just not you gotta talking? You got to keep that negative <laughs> energy away, right? <laughs> right. That yeah. is so true. Because I have a I have a friend. Well, I don't. I mean, we can talk about. We can unpack this. Is this a friend? <laughs> <clears throat> I have a <laughs> friend. Question mark. Friend, question mark. I'm not sure. I have a friend, and it's like they want to keep me in my past and not talk about my future or like Whoa. encourage me. Yeah. Because they, they. That's a downer. Yeah. I feel drained listening. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, but seriously. Yeah. Wow. I have a few friends that are like that. And I think that goes back to when you pivot and you go down a, a hard road and life just explodes and you make bad choices or you're the absorption of someone else's bad choices. When a person sees that, they see all parts of you and they yeah. almost want to like m- – medicate on like your past drama instead of like empower you for your future wow there's some people that do that yeah i was reading this book that that reminds me of uh melody batiste's work she said that um any anything that is any type of uh relationship that is built upon either gossip or drama is not real intimacy that's so good it's false inst- intimacy, right? Yeah. It's it's something that is only for like a, a period of time or just to like, you know, bond with someone around something negative. And I think many, many times people, although you're moving forward, stay stuck or frozen in moments of time. Yeah. And I definitely don't want those types of people around me. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they're hard to... Um, kind of like, I wouldn't say cut off, but kind of like distance yourself from because yeah. you have love and, and care and all that stuff for them, right? Yeah, that's so true. That's what's hard is like the, they they were there during the drama. Yeah. But at the same time, were they? I don't know. Because you know, <laughs> right? you're saying like sometimes relationships are built off of the drama and that's not real intimacy. So there's like a loyalty to me towards friends like that. Yeah. But it's hard when I'm recognizing I have to distance myself because they just keep me in that same headspace. Yeah. I'm not going further. I'm not. Yeah. I'm stay stunted there. Yeah. Cause I, they're stunted there. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a friend, um, literally, I think I told you this before, but, um, when we had first started the organization, it was, you know, you know how you, when you start some, uh, 
you know, your brand kind of gets out there or whatever. But this guy literally straight up told me that uh, he told me to my face that he envied me. And I was like, yo, like, what? (laughs) I was caught off guard. Like, It's the oddest thing as a friend to say to somebody. I think what he was saying is, and I think you've said this before, is that sometimes your confidence in your call can reveal somebody's lack of purpose. Yeah. Um, And they wrestle with that, right? And so um, definitely people sometimes are even in secret competition with you. And it's like... Dude, I'm just trying to obey God. That's I'm just so trying true. to I'm just right. trying to follow the call, man. Um, I'm not trying to do anything other than <laughs> that so anybody true. else isn't doing. How do you think you can identify that in the beginning? Like what do you like how do you think you can identify when somebody is wrestling internally quietly competition with you as a friend? Mm. <sighs> how do I know how I do it now? Yeah, yeah, because how do you do it now? Um, Prime example, uh, when we first started uh, talking about the journey, um, you said something um, that was so refreshing just to even have a sister, uh, you know, uh, peer in this generation. Um, You said, it really sucks to be around people that, um, can't just celebrate you and aren't insecure of your success. Yeah. And when you said that, that was like, whoa, like, yo, like, I need people around me that can just <laughs> yes. celebrate me and be secure in their own lane and journey. Yes. And I look for, I, I listen to language now. Yeah. Um, because sometimes people will say things that they're not really saying directly, yeah. right? It's, uh, I, I learned this, uh, skill doing a, a counseling degree is indirect listening or uh, indirect statements. So like, Ooh. for instance, um, someone may ask uh, you a question and say, are you hungry? The indirect statement is I'm hungry. I want you to affirm my uh, <laughs> hunger so and go, go along with me. So like people say things wow. all the time that they're not really saying verbally, but they're mm-hmm. saying them behind how they ask questions or how they make statements and stuff like that. And I kind of, I pay attention to how people are talking around me. Yeah, That's one way I discern. And I think discernment is really key. What about you? Yeah, that's so good. That is true. I actually have done that many times. Are you hungry? AKA, I am hungry. I'm really hungry. Can we go to Chipotle? It's around the corner. <laughs> Instead of just saying that, I, right. I want Chipotle. Exactly. Would you come, right. Grace? It's so true. <laughs> or I'm going to go get Chipotle. You can come with me if you want. Yeah, right. yeah. Right, right. I don't know if this is a if this always works to identify when friends want to compete with you or feel like they have to compete internally or they're dealing with insecurity, but when it's hard to talk about what I'm doing. Or, or them receiving what I say. Like, I remember I had a friend. I was showing her something I was really excited about. I really was just kind of being a little bit of a visionary and dreaming. Like, I was yeah. just like, there's, there's these opportunities. I don't really know, but I'm, I'm doing this. I created this. And I, I showed them and immediately started talking about them and, like, one-upped me. And, like, it was just, like, there wasn't, like, a mutual, like, exchange. exchange. It wow. was just, like, okay. And so... I now I can it's like I sniff it like I can smell it to where I'm like I'm not going to give any energy to somebody 
that's only going to just one-up it, which is yeah. bad. I kind of sh- shoot down intimacy, I guess, building with some people. But yeah. maybe I'm just shooting down what I already sense, and it's That's, you're just going to see this as competition. So it's really not worth me sharing the energy of my excitement because I'll be let down. Yeah. Self-preservation. Right. <laughs> also, man, it's it's so – that's sad, right? Um, I, that makes me think about the people – who will only come around for like the lights, camera, action? Yeah, like the lights, camera, action people, oh, but they're so not good. like around when you really need them. That uh, is so good. I, I think you could really pay attention to behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you're trying to be a sociologist or anything, but right. like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, uh, it's important to to watch people because people watch you, right? It's it's you know. I read this quote. Uh, I'm gonna pull out one of my uh, the book of Instagram, right? Yeah, one of those memes. <laughs> yes, it's a. It says you you gotta observe, not absorb. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I like that. Just just because it's accessible doesn't mean you should obtain it. Right. Yeah. Oh, isn't that powerful? That's good. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that helps us to to stay in a, a discerning mindset. Hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you, as we close out this podcast, how would you encourage somebody who may find themselves in a place where they have dealt with hardships, they've had to pivot, um, they've been around successful people, but not so healthy people, and they are uh, currently surrounded with unhealthy supporters? Mm-hmm. How would you encourage them? I would encourage them to make a list of healthy characteristics that they desire in a friend, Mm. um, healthy characteristics that they desire for themselves, and then take a really good look around them to see if that is the case, if they have those in their life, and if they don't, make some really bold choices to pivot their life in that direction. Um, I'd also encourage them that they their circumstance might feel like they're just like in a tidal wave and they don't really know where they're swimming and they might feel overwhelmed or exhausted and to give them, give themselves a lot of grace Mm. um, for them to know that they're not alone, but that they can change their circumstance. Um, But be gentle with themselves and in the, in the change. So if it's changing friends and it's changing, um, you know, people that you work with, Whatever that is within their control to to change, I would encourage them to do that for the health of themselves. That's powerful. And I would probably say um, to focus on the one or ones that you do have around you that are for you. Um, I know there's this, uh, we can fall into like this comparison mode where we're you know, we want all the people with all the resources and we want all the cool people around us. And so we want true. the people who are just going to always, you know, uh, have banners up saying, <laughs> go, go, go. Right. Um, and sometimes like we could have encouragement or people that God has placed in our lives right around us uh, that we're overlooking because we're focused on the wrong things. Mm. Um, I would highly tell or encourage people to like, you know, check your metrics, um, you know, yeah. and, uh, do your gratefuls, 
I have a friend uh, named Trey, uh, Traymon Detweiler. He he sometimes he texts me and he'll say, "Have you done your gratefuls?" And basically, basically what he's saying is, "Have you taken a moment to pause to just remind yourself of the things that are present in your life that you can be grateful for? Um, are you breathing? Do you still have a car? You know, do you have friends that do love you?" Do you have, you know, a few family members that you connect with, like all of the small things. And that does something to us on the inside. It, it just kind of helps us to get centered and remind ourselves that God is always providing for us what we need when we need it. Right. Uh, I would just encourage you to just be reminded that, you know, you may not have everything you want, but if you look around you, I'm pretty sure you'll find the things that you need right now. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard or in any way felt inspired, we'd encourage you to go leave us a review, leave us a comment, um, and subscribe to the podcast. We'd also love it if you'd reach out to us on social media. You can follow Aaron at Aaron Eddy. That's E-R-Y-N-E-D-D-Y. And you can also follow her organization, So Worth Loving. She's on all social media platforms. You can follow Terrence at I'm Terrence Lester. That's I-M-T-E-R-E-N-C-E-L-E-S-T-E-R. And you can also follow his organization, Love Beyond Walls. They're also on all social media platforms. And then finally... You can follow me at Johnny Taylor 95. That's J O H N N Y T A Y L O R 95. And that's on all social media platforms. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.